Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 756 with Jill Raff. We're only one person. We can only be in so many places at once. So we're really a good leader if we can create leaders at every level of our business. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you still manually processing your accounts payable? No, 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 no. You need to be using Plate IQ. Plate IQ is the most intelligent and intuitive way to remotely manage your accounts payable. With Plate IQ, you can pay your vendors with a fraction of the time and manpower it took before. To learn more, head over to www.plateiq.com slash unstoppable. That's www.plateiq.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll get 25% off implementation. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free what are you doing right now i'll tell you what you're doing if you're in the market for a new pos you're headed to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to set up your own demo and you're going to find out why it's the most recommended pos on the show by a landslide guys if you use my link not only will you get the incentives that toast is offering you by using the link I'll also share my commission with you. I'll split my commission with you 50-50 after taxes. That's about $2,000. So I'll send you a check for $1,000 to say thank you and to help support you during these weird times. Again, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. What's going on, Unstoppables? We have a great show for you today, but I just want to take a quick moment to remind you that the show is made possible due to our sponsors. And I do a lot of vetting. I, I really try to go after companies that are being recommended on the show by successful restaurateurs to sponsor the show because I only want to promote the products and services that I know are going to make you unstoppable. It's that simple. So if you want to support this show and you want to make sure the show continues to grow and to, to get better and to provide even more value, the best way to support the show beyond sharing it with everybody you know is by using my link. So if you're interested in any of our sponsors today, we have Toast, we have Plate IQ, and we have Seven Shifts, all products and services that are recommended all the time on the show. Uh, so you know that you're going to be investing in a great asset. Just remember, uh, use my links. You, you make sure you tell them that Restaurant Unstoppable was what convinced you to go ahead and make that purchase. And you're doing the show a huge favor. Uh, my sponsors will continue to sponsor the show and we'll take this thing to the next level. So today we have Jill Raff joining us. Jill Raff is a customer experience expert and she came on my radar by way of Jason Sabala, who is the founder of Buzz Mill in Austin, Texas. I have a lot of respect for this dude. Uh, he's got great energy and he had nothing but amazing things to say about Jill. So that's why she is here today. Uh, that's how she got into our network and um, she knows her shit. Uh, today we cover her three 
ease uh, of customer experience. We get into, um, well, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tease you. Yeah. You're not going to hear this now. You're going you're gonna to hear this in a couple seconds. So make sure you stick around to the end because I want to let you know how you can connect with Jill. She uh, created a course uh, that's hosted over at Thinkific, and I'll tell you how you can get uh, um, an amazing deal on that course if you want to dive more into what Jill has to offer. So, all right, that's it for now. Uh, enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you at the end. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest. She has over 30 years of experience. Uh, she grew up in the restaurant industry. Her parents were the 100, the 100th franchisor of McDonald's. So she has incredible experience growing up in an incredible organization. She's a graduate from Le Cordon Bleu Paris. She's worked with USA Today, Food and Wine, Oprah Magazine, and she's also worked with Michelin starred restaurants. And she's the founder of Jill Raff Group, a leading customer experience strategist jill raff are you feeling unstoppable today oh my gosh i am feeling incredibly unstoppable yes and so excited to be with you thank you and everyone i'm super excited for you to be here and i find almost all of my experts through just talking to other industry badasses our badass that put you on my radar is jason sabala i really respect that guy so when he told me i had to connect with you i absolutely listened uh today we are here to talk about your 3e model around customer experience and how to really just empower our our people is the big takeaway i took but i don't want to give away too much now uh well that's your little teaser so before we dive into your 3e uh model your Let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? So one of my favorites of today, and I have many, is by a Japanese writer whose name is Ryonosuke Sotoro. And I'm sure I'm killing his name. But um, and what he says is individually, we are one drop, but together we're an ocean. Mm. And I absolutely love that for many reasons, but particularly around this topic today, because this is all about collaboration and creating a cohesive team and a family, in fact, that works together. So individually, you know, we're great, but we're just one drop. But when you put all that collective genius together, oh my gosh. Yeah. And really, unstoppable. Yeah. And really one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that we are hardwired to work in a diverse mix of people. Like we alone, if you put us into the wild, we would we wouldn't last that long, um, but together in a tribe we can go much further, uh, and it's it's so true. It's 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 in our DNA for sure. A great way to get this thing started. So why don't you just kind of go to like thirty thousand feet real quick and just give us the, the the big overview and purpose of today's discussion? Sure. So um, I call it my E three formula, and that is engage. I'm sorry, educate plus engage, plus entrust. And that equals a happy, loyal customer. Now, happy, loyal customer means for a business owner, your first line customers are your employees. So happy, loyal customers means your happy, loyal employees first. And in turn, they will create happy, loyal customers. I love it. Um, and I mean, I, and I know the plan is to break this down to the, the three E's. Do you want to drop all those three E's on us now or do you want to tease? Yes. No. So you start out with um, educate. Yep. And then and educate isn't well, we'll go into what that means, yeah. but um, it's very important first to educate your people and not just train them. Uh, the second one is to engage 
And it's all about engagement on every single level, both your employees and your customers. And then thirdly, once you've done the first two well, then you need to let them free and entrust them, let them know you believe in them. And so entrust is the third one. And these are foundations, Eric, for um, a a bigger framework I've created called the Inside Out Framework uh, from EX to CX. And so in order for that to happen, you have to have these three E's fully established and working well. And then from there, everything can thrive. Yeah, I love it. And we hear all the time on the show um, when it comes to customer experience, um, we really, it's everybody, you know, it's, it's relationships, right? And it's, you, you can't have an, uh, an, uh, an amazing relationship with each one of your guests because I'm assuming you have over 150 guests that come to your restaurant, right? But if you can take what you have and, and give it to your employees, like your, the education, like the, like the entrusting your employees and uh, just caring about your employees, that will trickle that, that all trickles. And I think what, what's going to happen today is we're really going to dissect what these, these elements that we can invest, the, these, these ease that we can invest into our people, how that really does affect the end user, the, the, the consumer, the customer, right? Yeah, 100%. Your people, after all, is your frontline representation of you. And so they are very as much of, of really you as you are yourself. And mm-hmm. as you said, Eric, we, we're only one person. We can only be in so many places at once. So we're really a good leader if we can create leaders at every level of our business and they then will be just as good, sometimes better than we are. If we put our egos aside, actually we'll find that sometimes when you've established all these three E's well and people have pride in what they do and pride in their work and being a part of your organization and your brand, they're going to represent you sometimes maybe better even than you can because yeah. they're adding their other like yeah. personality. Which right? brings us right back to that initial quote that, alone we're a drop but together we're the ocean and we have to be mindful and when you engage i'm getting ahead of us i'm getting ahead of our our conversation let's just dive into the first e education break that down what do we need to know about how to do that well sure so i think the first thing to really recognize is that um all of these things together is really a surefire way and it's a surefire framework to reduce your turnover and create higher productivity. And I know we all want more of that. And, um, you know, I think starting with educate, the most important thing to realize is that education and training are not synonymous. So they are not the same thing. And a lot of times people, um, replace them, you know, use them, and actually they're very different. And this is how. Training is something that you do when you need to teach them the basic standard operating procedures. When you need to teach them, okay, this system, you know, in a systematic way, we do this when someone comes in, and this is where you're going to find the items that you need, the equipment to, to, to do that particular task. So training is very task-oriented. It's about uh, training, functional training, right? Functional skill training. It's like the the details, the how-to. Yes, exactly. So the training is the how-to. So before you get to the how-to, you need to make sure that you have the right people on board. And so that's taking the educate piece a little bit into the hiring, which we won't go into because that really is, we won't go into detail. It'll come up, but it's, 
it's really a whole other area but you that happens before but you need to make sure that whoever you bring on board whoever you're actually um put whatever information you're putting out to a recruiter or to advertising or even telling your own people because i believe you have to mine from within when it comes to hiring that you need to make sure that you are very clearly defined on your values, your vision, your ethos, what you stand for, and what it is that you want to represent you. And so when you've got that clearly defined, that really becomes the, the cornerstone of the educate piece because everyone needs to understand first, what is it that I'm a part of? Everyone wants to be a part of something bigger than just a J-O-B. Right? We want to we want to matter. We want to be acknowledged. People in the heart, everyone wants to feel acknowledged, appreciated, and respected, and they want that pride in their work. And so, we need to first establish who we are as a business and make sure those things are included, and then educate the people that you're bringing on board. Now, um, kind of break this out into kind of three areas of how the educate um, key takeaways. Can I can I um, just like chime in for two seconds on that element yeah, of like of educate? Um, I, you know, I, I think it's weird because you started with like the uh, education is different than training, and training is more the SOPs, the, the task oriented stuff, the how to stuff. Uh, and and I think you identified it's like also the training of this is who we are and this is why we are who we are right and I think that that there's like a weird like gray area where that who we are and why we are the way we are is like a part of the education part of mm-hmm. things because I think it's I really encourage people to to realize that your job isn't just to give these people a, a paycheck it's also to improve them and I think that the education core values and a greater picture like what's wrong with the world is part of that educational element so like is am I getting ahead of you or is that part of what you're going to say Yeah actually no I love it you're very uh, synchronistic here Yeah I do believe that, but that actually does come later on in okay. terms of once you've brought them on board that you make sure that, okay, now they know what's important to you and now you need to know what's important to them. Mm. But that's kind of a whole other piece that I do, you know, that falls into another piece in the training, but um, very important that the employees themselves feel like that their employer cares about who they are and what's important to them. Absolutely. I I love it. So I interrupted you. You were about to dive into some more details. Go for it. That's okay. Um, So under the educate um, area, it's something that needs to be established very clearly and documented and not just like, you know, put in a frame and stuck on a wall and never looked at again. We need to figure out how to really gain clarity on what those core values are in the mission statement. And then when you do that, it, it formulates this roadmap for every process and procedure. And I think this is where starts to overlap a little bit with the training, but it really falls into education because you're allowing your people to understand that they are a key part of your success. And every step, every single thing that they do, every decision that's made that you've prepared them to be able to make those decisions on their own, which is the final and trust piece, right? But before that, you're in the process You're letting them know that these core values, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, this is what you are a part of, this is what you're an integral part of, and it's because of you that we succeed. 
But they need to know these things so that they can make sure that everything they do that represents you, every decision they make will be in alignment with those core values. Yes, I love it. Um, and, and I don't want to get ahead of you, but when we're talking about education, um, I think we, we, we've covered the training, right? We're not going back to training. We're focused more now on the education. Can you paint the picture of, I mean, you've already talked about it's not just educating people on like, this is what's in our food. These are your ingredients. This is where the food came from. But it's also teaching people about the business and how the business actually works and understanding, educating them on how to run their own business if they wanted to someday so they understand what their role in the business is, is what I'm absorbing from you. But can you really give us some details of what, like, some, some, like, 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 like what is in the educational package? Like, what are the titles of the documents? What are the things that we need to really be thinking about when, when it comes to educating our people? So, some of that really depends every business has to do for themselves, right? There's not a blank template because every business has its own brand, personality, style, what they want, maybe the language they want to use. Like when you walk into Rudy's, for example, there's a definite brand going on. The way they greet you, the words they use, um, you know, it's, it's very specific to them. But there are definitely areas that you need to think of um, making sure that you hit in terms of so language, you know, how do you want your people to represent you and what kind of words do you, now you're not going to give them exact scripts, although from my real estate background, so I have a very diverse background and actually one of the things that I love is pulling together and pulling from strategies from one industry and cross pollinate them into others because they, they definitely work. So, for example, in real estate, they're very big on scripts, especially with the company that I was at for a long time. And uh, they're the number one global brokerage. And so they're very big on scripts. And what I say, though, in ter- especially in terms of hospitality in the restaurant industry, it wouldn't hurt for each company to maybe create scripts because in doing so, you're forcing yourself as the owner to really define who you are through the language that you want people to use. So maybe give them scripts and then of course they can have leeway. It doesn't have to be exact, but there, or maybe give them a list of keywords to make sure to say, these are the words that we hit. These are the words that we use to express ourselves that shows that we're putting you, the customer first, that we take care of you, or this is how we support each other. So, you know, someone assigned it, you know, a certain area, right, of the, of the room, uh, the dining room, and then something ca- happens and they're gone for a little bit. Maybe they're in the kitchen taking care of, you know, figuring out what's coming up next. And there's dishes that need to be cleaned or water that needs to be filled, What you know, whatever it is. As a teammate, you have to define in your education that this is what we do. We work together. So someone else should say, you know, they should know, okay, I see that I'm going to go in and step in and I'm going to help Eric because yeah. I know Eric right now is in another area, right? Yeah. Taking care of the table or whatever. Yeah. And I think what, what is that balance? Because we do hear a lot on the show. You don't want to put your people into a box. You know, you want your, your people's individual, you know, characteristics to come out. You want them to feel like they have some autonomy. So what is that balance? of putting like putting together a script and letting people kind of do their own thing. I think um, taking the, the key message of the scripts. So by saying, you know, a certain expression or a certain phrase, 
what is it about? What does that phrase mean? What is the feeling that is elicited from that phrase, right? And then maybe you can put it in your own words as long as the end result is the same. So it's about using the same, not necessarily the same word verbatim, but the same language. So you're communicating the same brand, right? Um, And this, this this came up a lot. Uh, or not a lot, but it came up deeply in my conversation with um, um, Mendocino's farm, Mario Del Perro. Uh, and he talks about every culture. If you, if you, you know, not, not talking about like a rest, like culture is culture, right? Uh, societies, countries have culture, right? Uh, cities have culture. But if you look at all cultures, even business culture, everybody has their own language and the language is a part of that culture and ritual is a part of that culture. So you have to get people saying the same things and like, and when you get everybody using the same language, it's so binding and it, it, it creates habits and it, it really echoes that, that, that culture you're looking to go after. Um, I love that. Yes. hundred percent. And, and, and what you just hit on to me is, is the bigger picture is that you're all working towards the same goal. You all have the same purpose. And in doing so, you're unifying everyone that's there working for you. And there's nothing more powerful than a team that feels like they're all working towards a shared purpose. I love it. Um, any other elements when it comes to education, um, like a checklist of the things that we should be educating our people on uh, before we move on? Um, gosh, well, certainly interaction with your people, you know, um, not only first starting with each other, Mm -hmm. right. How do we want to treat each other? How do we want to support each other? Um, and how does that influence how we also interact with the customers? Uh, looking at really, um, engage, well, we won't jump ahead to engagement, but in, in doing so creates that engagement for the employees. Um, you know, I didn't make a list. No, that's right. You're that, fine. I'm putting you on the spot. And I think the big no, thing. No, that's is, okay. Yeah. Like, so like, I think what the big takeaways when it comes to education is understanding that educating and, and, and training are two separate things. Training is maybe more, probably more of that list of like SOPs, standard, op, you know, your standard operating procedures, your checklist, your, if this, then that, your protocol, your, uh, this is, you know, what you're going to be wearing to like look on brand, but like the, the education is more of the higher overarching. I'm going to make you a better person. This is now, you know how to do the job. I'm going to educate you on how to be a better person, how to give you certain values on and how to it's, it's where that growth part comes in. I feel like that's where the growth comes in. I mean, you can do checklists all day, but you're not going to grow as an individual, yeah. right? right. It's, the, it's the interpersonal skills and it's the mutual accountability, Eric. So it's that both sides want to know what's important for each other and that you work together. And that is that mutual accountability that's important that, and that model that's going to um, create engagement more for your customers. And, and lastly, you know, it's something that can be used in recruiting, in hiring, and in onboarding. These are the key. These are points that really need to take place in all of those elements in order to bring in the right people to represent you, your attitude. You can you can train a monkey right to smile, but it's about teaching them really what you're about, your core essence Mm. um, and then how to communicate that. I love it. All right. So um, any other elements on education that we want to get out before moving on to our next E engage? Yes. One last thing that I think is really important. This is a a takeaway that is an action item. So most people have a training manual, but what I suggest is that you first create your educational manual. 
So when you have your educational manual, you'll include all of those things in there first. And then you also have your training manual, but one should not replace the other. And the, and the education has to happen first before your training. I would love to get you back on the show to, to like do a deep dive into what an educational manual consists of. I know we don't have enough time to unpackage that today, but that, that seems very interesting. Um, so we're going to move on to engage, but first we need to take a quick break to, to thank our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. We are back and we've covered the first E in your three, your E3 model. I always get it back. Is it three E or E3? E3 uh, model. E3. E to the third power, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's so right. that's right. <laughs> We're going to get into engage. So take it away. Okay. So engage is really your recipe for increased retention and higher profits. And it's a chance to restate and celebrate So to reinforce your company values, your core values, and everything you do by the way you engage with your employees. So you have to, again, going back to before, you can't just say, okay, now we've gone through this and we've educated you what we are and now you run with it. You have to live it and breathe it. You have to model it for your people. Um, Oh, gosh, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the quote with me, but there's a great, great quote um, by Benjamin Franklin that talks about if you tell me something, I'm, I'm not going to. I got learn. it right here. I, I have it written in front of me because I have. Oh, notes. Do? Yeah. Tell me. And awesome. I forgot. Teach me. And I may remember. Involve me. And I'll learn. Uh, exactly. Thank you. Oh, spot on. <laughs> I love that. Team it doesn't support. look like I'm there prepared, but sometimes I am prepared for conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, um, I have a, a podcast that it was so uh, actually a live cast that I was thrilled to have Eric on. Um, and that's a, a quote that I use too, because I, I just love it. And I think it's really important. And it's when you show me, when you model it for me, when you do it next to me, that's where I'm going to learn. And that's where it's going to, I'm going to have the retention also of, of behavior, not just employee retention. Yeah. And I, so. I honestly think that this is where most owners and operators fall short. They hire a, a cog in a wheel, you know, and they don't hire a person and they, they, they have this incredible asset in front of them that they don't even know what that assets capable of doing because they never engage. They never pull back the layers. So let me take it from there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Perfect segue. So if you don't ask people what's important to them, if you don't ask your people 
even outside of work, you know, like, let me, let me get to know who you are as a human being and then how you can contribute to this business and how we can contribute to your dreams, to your goals, to get you to where you want, even if it means, um, you know, not staying with us. And in fact, you know, there's, I believe that you bring people in that are as strong or even stronger than you and potentially people that may move on somewhere else. So I'm, i with my dad, very blessed that I had my dad as a perfect model to show me in, through action uh, of what he did and how he worked with his people. And so I recently interviewed some of the people that started with him when they were 17 years old and continued until my father unfortunately passed away uh, early at the age of 65. And um, they stayed with him until my dad passed away. Um, That's a testament right there. And then and my mom um, then sold the stores. But, you know, he said to me, your dad really asked every time he would say, John, what do you need? I want to give you everything I have. I want to teach you everything I know so that you can succeed. And to me, that's like mic drop. Like that yep. says it all, right? Yep. Like you need to, I, I don't say you need, I, I try not to say that, but I would suggest that you really take interest in your people and don't feel like, oh my gosh, if I train them too much or I give them too much information, they're going to go out and leave me. No, you're, you're giving them something to be proud about, to be a proud part of something. And when you do that, you're telling them, look, I believe in you and I know you can take it and run with it and even make it better. And so, you know, you're lucky most cases people will stay with you because people don't want to be jumping job to job. They want to be a part and grow within something, but they need that recognition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. What is the best way to make sure that we're, we are engaging our people? Like what things can we do in our business to make sure that this element of engagement is, is, is surfacing regularly? So one strategy I think is great and it's done by a lot of huge companies is the huddle, a daily huddle. And it can be even, I think, no more than 10 minutes, you know, five to 10 minutes. But do it strategically. And actually, by doing this huddle, you are hitting all three of my E's. You're, you're going to be reinforcing your values, your expectations, your mutual agreements in the education part. And then in the engagement, you're going to maybe ask them to step up to lead the meeting or um, get feedback, get input, give, you know, who, and, and this is an, another, just an idea of what you could do in a huddle. And again, everyone should be unique and according to your brand and what goals you want to achieve, which is why when I, I work with people, you know, consulting individually, because everyone's needs are slightly different, but yeah. overall it's the same. And uh, so ask them who let's, let's choose your core values. So like, um, maybe make a list of what they are and every day in your huddle, choose one value that's important and state that and say, okay, today, this is what we're all going to focus on. And then the next day when you're have your huddle, let's say, let's highlight who had a great experience they can share with us of where they exhibited this uh, core value. What kind of stories can you share? Or did you see your fellow teammate do one of these things. Who can you give kudos to, right? Like who can you raise up instead of finding someone doing something bad, find them and 
catch them doing something great and supporting those values and then celebrate what those are. Yeah. Um, I love this. I think I might've, I might've asked that question before you got to your third element of, uh, engage, which is, I think you started to get into it right there is just asking your employees for what they think, you know, encouraging other people to share what they see. And I think that's kind of ties into what we mentioned at the beginning of this, this section with the engagement is you have such an, an abundance of resources in a person in that asset. And you don't know until you ask, right? So you have to strike the opportunity. You have to give them the opportunity to contribute so you can see where they shine. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, maybe have not, maybe I I would suggest having one-on-one meetings, like maybe just go around and off the side. And when things are slow, have that conversation, just chat with them. You know, they're not just your employee. They're, they are your person there to support your business. They are officially, they're your customer, right? So I, I say that customers are, people first people are people first and their customers second. Yes. So it's the same with your employees. They're people first before they're your first line customer. Yeah. So get to know them, find out what's important to them and then figure out a way that you can highlight that interest and support that interest for them. Even if it's something completely different yeah. or maybe it's something in alignment. Like I know um, I, I did a uh, wonderful experience stage just front of house so far. I'm going to hope to go back of house uh, soon uh, with Emmer and Rye. Nice. Phenomenal example of doing it right. I mean, it is, it is a symphony what goes on there. It just really well orchestrated. Everyone supports each other. The team is amazing. And one of the things that they offer for their staff uh, is a class on onology where they can learn about wines. So they could get their sommelier um, certificate. I don't know if that's the correct word. So, you know, there are ways to support them and things that they're interested in that are separate from the duties and yeah. the tasks. And that's a perfect example of, of personal growth, right? They know how to do the job, but now you're making them a better person. You're giving them knowledge that will serve them and make them make, help them make more money when they're more knowledgeable about the wine, right? You're, you're growing right. people at this point. I love that. And you mentioned yeah. something else. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, just one other great example because you did mention Jason Sabala at the beginning, who is just the most amazing man. He's in the network, by the way. So if you guys want to learn more about poke him, I'm going to make him get more active in here. Okay, Uh, Jason is awesome, and he lives and breathes. He's a perfect example of someone who is in there with you and who leads by example. And one of the things that he does, so I want to give him a shout out, is he will ask his employees. What else is important? So his one of the things he told me about was that one of his employees uh, loves photography and really is getting into being a photographer. So he said, okay, great. So why don't you have a show? Use the space. Set up, we'll set up a night, whatever it is. You help bring in people uh, for, for your exhibit. We'll have an opening. And a certain percentage of the bar will go back to you. Nice. Yeah, I mean – Right. Like on multiple levels, that is beautiful because you're supporting their interests. You're helping them learn a bit more business skills. Right. Learning how to bring people into an exhibit to create an event. And then you're actually letting them help and learn. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're letting them benefit financially. It's, we- it's just a perfect I love model. it. I love it. And it, you're, you're giving them an opportunity to build their resume. Now they can put this on the resume and say, I, this is something I did. I say all the time, your goal 
in the restaurant is to push people out of your restaurant by by giving them the resources they need to that they don't need you anymore. But it's it's magic because when you when you make it about them and you give them when you're trying to get them to to get out of your restaurant because they don't need you anymore, it's amazing how they don't leave. <laughs> it's like the reverse happens. Like Yeah, it's yeah. the human psychology is kind of crazy, but yeah. just knowing that they can leave yeah. means they're going to stay. But if you, it's like that rebellious part of us, right? Like you tell me I can't go, you better believe yeah. I'm out of here. Right. But if you say, okay, go, I've given you the skills. Then you're like, well, no, I've really developed myself here. You've believed in me. You've supported me. Why should I leave? I'm going to grow here. Yeah. And you mentioned it a few times now, but I really would just want to like lean into this little bit of information where just acknowledging people for what they're doing right and what they're good at is so important, especially because you think the people we're hiring are between the ages of 15 and like, on average, like 25 in that age, that, that 10 year gap is when you're just trying to figure out who the hell you are. You have no idea who the hell you are at this point in your life. You don't know what you're good at. You don't know what people say, like think about you and you're trying to figure it out. So if you're, if you reinforce pe- people, what they're good at and you help them discover who they are, you're literally giving them the data, the information they need to grow as an individual. Cause it, we don't know what we're good at. We don't, we have to get outside of ourselves. So you have to remind yourself that your job is to help this person figure out who they are and to reinforce what they are good at and help them find their strengths. Uh, I think it's so important that that when you see somebody doing something good, they are good at something they have to know because they might not realize it. Yeah. Celebrate. That's the, the celebrate part. You need to celebrate your people, celebrate those good things, actually actively look for those great things to celebrate, which builds their esteem, builds their confidence. And when someone comes from a place of confidence, you know, they're unstoppable. Yes. Right. That's, that's where they feel. Yeah. I've got this. Yeah. I love that this whole conversation is about the increasing the experience or improving the experience for your guests. We haven't even talked about guests up to this point. If you guys are noticing the trend here, it's all about your employees. I love it. Um, anything else around engagement? that we need to get out before moving on to your last E in trust? Uh, Yeah. So I'll just say in terms of the engagement, it is leadership development. What you're doing is creating leaders at all level and providing uh, the key is to provide those opportunities for all to lead and really identifying the um, uh, undiscovered employees talent. So, like you said earlier, like really dig deep, notice what they're doing. It might not even be something that they're aware of, but maybe you recognize it, right? We all need someone that sees in us more than we see in ourselves, no matter how confident we are. It's just human nature. And when you have, whether it's a mentor or a coach or your best friend, it doesn't matter, or a colleague, if you have someone there who's able to see your genius, sometimes we're too close to it. We don't see ourselves very well. So give that opportunity to really shine a light on people and build up their confidence within. And and you're creating solutions. So um, when you do this, basically make it about goal, goal oriented discussions. So don't just have it be, okay, this is what we want. And these are the numbers we're, we're shooting for and you know don't make it very rote and statistical make it goal oriented but include in that goal the human element of course and about and help them to be positive problem solvers let people learn to solve problems that's where the growth is going to happen and that is in the engagement one element came to my mind as you were sharing that um i think that might really help our listeners and those who have attended today um 
when we do see that somebody has something special, maybe they're a photographer, maybe they love web design, maybe they love creating videos, but whatever it is, how do we compensate them additionally? I feel like is, is do you, do you pay them more? Do you, like, how do you work that out? Do you have any advice around how to do that? Well, in, in a way that we're not taking advantage of them for doing the little extra something like what's the best way to, to go about giving them more opportunity and compensating them for that. I know this wasn't, this is totally a curveball I'm throwing at you right now, but what do you, what are yeah, your thoughts? So I on? just want to, so one hand you talked about, you know, being the photographer and having that element versus taking on more responsibility. So they're two different things. Just clarify for me. I what- guess when, when you see that somebody has something special, an asset that they can bring to the team to make the team stronger, to make the team an ocean, right? you can't just expect them to do those things without giving them some further compensation. Right? So I guess what's your advice for making sure that you're not just acknowledging them, but you're also doing right by them by compensating them for whatever extra skill they bring to the table. Well, you could definitely create incentives for sure. Financial incentives, but statistically what's interesting is that people want incentives that are not always tied to the dollar. And they, statistically, they show that people are willing to work for less when there's meaning and purpose behind what they do. Now, I'm not suggesting that people should go work for less, but I'm just saying that the dollar isn't the almighty end all. Yes, we all need money. You know, praise isn't going to go pay for our food with the grocery store. I get that. But I think there's a balance. And again, I it's kind of a hard thing to say as a blanket statement. I think you have to look at what it case is and it maybe if there's so much more then maybe they get a raise, maybe they, the position changes and their responsibility level changes. And when that responsibility level changes, then of course you match that with the financial, you know, um, advantage as well. So, okay. Kind of, kind of a tough one. And you know, and it's true for customers true as well. I'm sorry. 86% of customers will pay more for a better experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, what you're, if they not only are good at this thing, but they enjoy this thing, you know, now you're, you're giving them an excuse that instead of doing side work, they might be able to go. That is their side work now, you know? Oh, instead of polishing silverware, I need to go take photos of tonight's special. You know what I'm saying? Like it is that becomes your side work. So you maybe incorporate it into like their specific job description or whatever. Uh, who knows? Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so that's where I was a little confused in the beginning, but in terms of you mentioned the photography. Yes, absolutely. If there's a way, if there's a way that you could at all tie in their area of specialty. So I was a food stylist for many years in New York city. That's right. And, um, perfect way. If someone is interested in photography, I didn't do the photography. I did the food, part, uh, preparing the food and setting it up for the set to be shot. But um, yes, that, you know, for example, that's a perfect example with the photography, they could, you could use their skills to take shots and maybe put that out on social. And that's a great way to maybe appoint them now as your social media um, point person for the restaurant or capture not just the food. If people, of course, have to agree to be photographed and have it be published, but if they do capture those special customer experience moments with your customers and put that out. Really, I think as beautiful as seeing the food is, which is cap- captivating. And as a food stylist, of yes. course, I believe in that. Uh, it should make your mouth wet, right? And make you want to go buy it. But at the same time, we buy emotionally. And so that part attracts us to our, our taste 
you know, memory and our visual, but it's the emotional part that captures people and that's where they're going to open their wallets. So maybe try to capture what the essence is, what the energy is, what your customer experiences are for your people and put that on social. That's not really being done. So that might be an idea y'all want to explore. That's cool. I like that a lot. Awesome. Okay. So up to this point, we've covered the two of the three E's. We got education. We learned that education is necessarily the training aspect, but it's the personal growth. It's the investing in your people and growing your people. We talked about engagement, which isn't necessarily, um, just it's 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 providing opportunity it sounds like really when i think of engagement and recognizing people for what they are and what they can contribute to the team and and again i think it goes back into growing people um and then now we're going to talk about the last e entrusting so what do you got for us get into it so trust will set you free mm. literally and figuratively so when you have done those first steps well, and now you've got solid leaders at every level. Now is your time to set them free and say, I know you've got me. I got you and I know you've got me. And so trust that they're going to do a good job and that they're going to represent you well. Now, granted, we're all human. Things might go sideways here and there, but that's okay because that's human and it's how you fix the problem that's important, not the problem itself. And again, how you fix the problem should be something that you have established much earlier on on how these things are taken care of. So that would be, for example, Eric, one one piece of the list, right? How, how to handle objections, how to handle things when they go wrong. And then you entrust, you've already taught your people those things. So now you can entrust that they're going to make the right decisions and choices and that you're actually giving them the power. And this is what's so key. By entrusting in someone, you are giving them the power to use their own decision-making skills based on their education and training to make the right choice and to make the right decision and make sure that the customer is is done right, that you're going to fix whatever it is, whether it doesn't have to be even negative, but certainly if something goes wrong that you can fix that or even in creating that great experience from the start. Yeah, there's this great book out there um, called The Speed of Trust. Uh, it's written by Stephen R. Covey's son. I don't know. It's Stephen Covey. I, I can't remember the middle initial. I think it's another. I think it's another Stephen. I don't know, but it's a great book, <laughs> and it's all about the speed of trust and the power of trust. And uh, when you build your people up and when you trust them to make, because you, like you said, you've empowered them. They've, you've given them. You've educated them. You've given them the training. You've given them the education, and you're saying you're here. Because I trust you, and I and I know that you have the the skills you need to handle the situation the situation well. And I love what you mentioned there: uh, the significance of um, when things go wrong, you don't correct the person; you correct the process. You recognize that this went wrong because I didn't set you up to do it right. And I think that's huge. Um, do you want to unpackage that a little bit more? Yeah, I love share? that quote. It's on the banner of my LinkedIn, um, and it it is you know if a flower doesn't blossom. You don't fix the flower, you flick, you fix the environment in which it grows. And so if your cust- if your employee messes up and isn't doing well repeatedly, not of course, not just once, but if you start to see um, a chain of the same types of mistakes, who does that fall on? It's 
falls on the owner or the, the manager, whomever you've set up, to educate that person, to train them on how to respond when that happens. Clearly, they haven't had that. And so you can't blame that employee solely. You really have to look at where the responsibility lies. And I think so often human nature, we want to push the blame onto someone else, some other reason, some other cause, some other person. And I think we will all grow humanly as individually um, if we stop. And when that happens, even if it's a discussion with, you know, a friend or a family member, stop and just say, what part of that do I own? Where does the responsibility lie? And, um, and so I, I love that. And I yeah. think that really underlies what's going on here because in order to feel like you can really then trust people, you have to have done your job well from the beginning. So I guess what's, what's really important, if we're talking about entrusting, I think we need to talk about how do we develop trust? How do we grow trust? What things can we do to make sure trust is a part omnipresent within our organiz- organization all the time? Yeah, I, I think we have to allow our employees to really illustrate and exhibit their independent, independent decision making and not only their skills, but really exemplifying that they are trusted, right? Exemplifying that I know they trusted me. And so now I can go and show them, prove them right, right? Prove them right. And I think that also in order to really trust someone, you need to keep that conversation going at all times. It's not like it's an onboarding process and you, you blast them with all this and then that's it. it ha- and that's why the huddle is so great because it's something that's repeated every day. And then the next day, the huddle, you choose another core value and you make that important for the day. And so as you cycle through it, you get to the end, then you start again at one. So, you know, in the year's time or whatever period of time an employee is with you, they have recycled those values over and over and over. So they really become just a part of their second sense. It becomes a part of who they are. And uh, again, I think to entrust goes back to what we mentioned before, where we jumped ahead a little bit, but it was about asking, ask, ask, ask for internal growth. You need to always be inquisitive and curious. And that means learning more about what's important to your employees. I love it. Um, and one thing that comes up a lot on the show um, to reinforce what you're saying is in order to get trust, you need to give trust. People will never trust you if you don't trust them. So if you have an issue with trust, you really got to look in the mirror. You got to be like, well, am I really showing them that I trust them? Am I, is, is it coming out of my mouth? Is it, is it being expressed with my body language? And like, do I genuinely, sincerely trust this person? Because if you don't give it, you won't get it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and I love that you brought up body language. 93% of communication is actually nonverbal. So there are so many ways and tone. Oh my gosh, yeah. tonality. Mm-hmm. You know, someone will say something. They're like, well, I, I didn't say that. It's I not what you. I said. Yeah. I'm like, I trust okay, you. look sure. at your words and then look at your tone <laughs> and your body language. Yeah. Like, what are you, which one is really speaking loud and clear? It's not the words. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So anything we can do, any framework we can put into our business to or reminders or events or anything to make sure that trust keeps bubbling up to the surface. I think simply by making sure that within your standard operating procedures that you have elements in there that you are letting go and you're saying to that person, I trust you. I know you've got this. You know, you have proven yourself. Now go and do it. And 
And we're going to not micromanage. People don't want to be micromanaged. It was something also that came up with the employee that worked for my dad. And he said, I love working for your dad. I felt like I was an owner. We all felt like we were part owners of this business because he didn't micromanage us. He taught us. He said, I'm going to teach you everything I know. And then he stood back and he let us he let us work. And so that micromanaging to me instills distrust. It's like, oh, I'm just kind of watching, just checking, because I don't know that you're really going to get right. And so I'm just going to be here just in case. Take a few steps back and, and really show people and in your body language, in your actual language, but in your daily actions, you're showing people that you trust them versus micromanaging creates distrust. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one other thought that I, uh, listening to you talk that I think is worth bringing to the conversation is can we just strictly trust and that's it? Like I trust you to get the job done and I'm never like, like is there any other element that comes to the table to make sure this works? Yes. Accountability. hundred <laughs> yeah, okay. percent. I'm not like, thank you for saying that. I want to clarify. I am not saying, okay, well, now we trust you. Now we're never looking back and we're never going to hold you accountable. No trustability goes hand in hand with accountability. Trustability so goes with accountability. At, I, love that. I thought you just made up a, it, like a, like you combined the two words for a second. <laughs> that would Go be ahead. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like in the very beginning, in the hiring and the education piece, you've already established that there's a mutual agreement mm-hmm. and there's a mutual expectation. And so when you entrust someone, it says, okay, now I'm trusting that you're going to hold up your end of the bargain as they will to you too, right? Yeah. It works both ways, even till the very end to every part of the relationship. But there has to be accountability and responsibility. And yes, there needs to be checks on um, on what that is, however routinely you want to set that up in your business. Otherwise, it's just a free-for-all yeah. and you never have any understanding of what happens in your business. It, it comes back to that very beginning of you being involved in your business. You have to stay involved as well to know whether or not that trust is being honored and yes. not taking advantage. Of. I love it. And I've loved this conversation, honestly, and, and, uh, and ironically, and this wasn't planned, but it's it, it, this, this conversation today is leading so well into the next workshop I have lined up with uh, Nick Cirillo from us, um, from Nick's pizza. I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with Nick, but he has the trust and track method. And, um, it's literally a method to, um, put your people on a growth path. So today we talked a lot about the importance of educating and growing your people. Um, and we talked about the importance of trust, right? But we're also going to be talking about how important it is to, um, track, you know, right? Like, cause, cause you, and that's what, you know, like we're, we're talking about now is like, it's not, it's, it's not enough to just trust. You have to be measuring things in the background. This is why having certain systems and processes to collect data is so important because you can see your trust that they're going to do the right job. And in the background, they're using all those tools that you invested in to track and to make sure. And then whenever you see a number go wonky, you're like, okay, something's going on here. Let's investigate. So you need to create systems on how to track your people. But the thing is when you set it up right, they don't know that those systems are there and you can like keep an eye on what progress they are making, how well they're doing. And it's, it's, it's a very powerful structure, a very powerful model. Do you want to reflect on that? Yes. A hundred percent. There need to be metrics that go behind this. And I think a perfect example made me think about what something you said, when a customer has something go wrong, it's not enough 
to just say, oh, can we get you a piece of cake for dessert? Or can we, you know, bring you an extra whatever it is? It's not about fixing that problem in the moment. To me, that problem of what happened is a representative of what is going on behind the scenes, what created it. So that's the symptom. But let's look at what was the cause of that symptom. So somewhere along the process, something went awry. And so it's looking at that to fix so that will prevent future problems with that going on. But so it's not just about that Band-Aid of offering a free dessert or something else. It's looking at, okay, why did that go wrong? Where do we find in the chain of our training, our education and everything that we do, where did that go wrong so that this occurred? And let's just fix it, make sure that we can fix it for next time. Yeah. And this whole conversation started with the significance of communicating uh, very on when you educate you know, you're, it's, it's about the core values, the, the, why the bigger, the purpose, right. And when you, when you start with that stuff, it makes, it makes trusting your people and trusting your people much easier. Cause you knew from the day one that they had the same values, that yeah. they are going in the same direction. And that makes trusting so much easier. Do you want to put a, a exclamation point on that before we wrap up? Yeah. hundred percent exclamation point goes back to the very beginning. And there, it is a cycle. I call it this beautiful synergistic cycle that when you make sure that you are putting your values very clear so that if you haven't established that, go back and do that. And even if you have, I would encourage you to go take a look, you know, times are changed, but certainly with everything going on now with this pandemic, some of the priorities have shift. It's a good time to reset. So I would suggest going back, looking at what those core values, that vision statement is, that, that mission of who you are, and, and maybe do a little tweak. Maybe check that out. And then understand that when you, when you go through that and you use that along the way with everything that you've done with your education, with your engagement, how you, how you engage with your people, how you encourage them to engage with each other and with your customers, and that you're allowing that trust. Trust will flow when you know that they've got the knowledge and the information that they uh, that they need to succeed. You have to prepare them to succeed. You can't just expect them to walk through the door because think of how many different people, every person that walks through has their own story, their own, their own upbringing, their own experiences. Do you want your restaurant to be represented by all these different components? It'll be chaos. So you need to streamline that pull out their essence, pull out the good things that each one brings, but make sure that it's all in alignment and they wouldn't be with you if they didn't have those same values because it is about the values, not just about the resume. It's about someone who has the same attitude and then you can teach them those other skills. Yes, I love this. I love today's conversation, Jill. We got to start thinking about our Q&A so we can stay within our our time frame here. Uh, But any final thoughts before we take a break to thank our sponsors one more time and come back to answer some questions? Um, just, you know, I'm, I, I'm all about people and I'm all about prioritizing your people for a successful business, for increased revenue, retention, ratings, repeat customers. And when you get this right, trust me, it will create a better customer experience, which will result in all of those added values. You've got to start within, you've got to start looking at your people and even looking at yourself, truly put your ego aside, be willing to look at your business honestly. Quick stat, 80% of executives, business owners, 
think they're delivering an extraordinary customer experience when only 8% of customers agree by Bain and Company. That says it all. Yeah. So put your ego aside. Don't think you know it all. Be open. Ask your people what they think and your and even your customers and all of your first line customers. And you'll get a real perspective of what's really going on in your business and how to improve it. I love it. I love today's conversation. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. And we'll be right back to answer some questions and have some round round table discussion. You've been hearing a lot on the show lately. Plate IQ. Find out why Plate IQ is the most intelligent and quite frankly, the most intuitive way to remotely manage your accounts payable. With the new spend management feature, you can issue virtual or physical cards directly, or you can even connect your existing corporate cards to get visibility into historical and real-time card activity. And when you're using that virtual card, you can get up to 1% cash back. And I haven't even mentioned all the insights you can get with Plate IQ Insights. You can compare spend by item, vendor, time, period, location, and the list goes on. You can get alerted if a price is outside of your contracted terms. You can get access to a hot list of real-time price changes, and you can even categorize your spend analysis. And I know we all have to pay bills, and it sucks to pay bills, but it sucks a whole lot less with Plate IQ's bill pay feature. You can see what is due when. You can schedule payments. Payments by check, ACH, or card. And man, how user friendly is that calendar for scheduled pending and paid invoices? Plus, you can hold on to your flow. No money leaves your account until it is received by vendor. Here is your call to action. Head to www.playiq.com slash unstoppable. That's plate like the thing you eat off of IQ like your intelligence.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll get 25% off implementation head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable to find out why toast pos is the number one recommended pos on the show by a landslide so there's a bunch of reasons why toast is being recommended on the show but i'm finding the most common reason is because of their customer support and now while i don't think you'll need their customer support all the time it when that Friday night rolls around and there is a question you have and you're busy, you're going to wish you were able to get right into that customer support and they will be there for you. Uh, the other reason why Toast is always being recommended on the show is because of how many other platforms integrate with Toast. So you can literally marry all the technologies in your company together. They'll, they'll work together. They integrate together and you can turn on these additional features as you need them. It's like flipping a switch. It's that easy. So that's why I love toast. That's why my guests love toast. And again, if you want to learn more, head over to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, I'll send you a check for a thousand dollars when you become a customer. And we're back. And uh, the first question I, I saw, Greg, you, you had your hand up. Did you want me to unmute your mic real quick? I'm going to unmute your mic. Yeah. So uh, I was definitely excited about this uh, this uh, you know uh, workshop here because I'm admittedly terrible at 90% of what you're talking about today um, and trying to improve upon it. So we are a, a newer business and we're just starting to hire our first employees. Uh, I know that, you know, developing the education manual could be a is going to be a whole could be a whole workshop in and of itself but as we're just starting to hire our first few people what you know advice or tips would you have on really kind of getting a baseline of what kind of education we want to be providing and you know the methods of of that educating 
do you have, first of all, thank you. And thanks for hanging around for the questions. Uh, Greg, do you have already established kind of what your, your core values, your vision, what sets you apart, who, what really speaks to who you are? Um, that is that is a uh, continuing process. We don't have I don't I don't have it in you know fully in writing and you know Eric and I have talked about it a number of times. It's something I'm yeah. continuing to work on. So I would start with that. Okay, that's first and foremost. There's no way you can bring someone on that's going to be in alignment if you aren't even clear on it. Is without clarity, you're not going to be able to bring in clarity, right? And then they're not going to be able to deliver that clear message to your people. So I would I would definitely start with that, and then once you have that established, um, you know, what what avenues are you taking and looking for employees? So the employees that I have hired have been um, a couple. There's a couple people that I've had personal relationships with uh, that reached out to me when we were looking to hire, uh, and one person who's actually a um, customer who was interested in in uh, working here, which is always. I mean, those are obviously great people to get because they, you know, they, they believe in what you're doing there. They've been a customer. Exactly. Wow. That's the best, best compliment you could have. Kudos to you on that. That's fantastic. I have one uh, additional. Th- did you want to oh, go ahead? I had one additional thought for you, Greg. Um, and when it comes to like getting your core values, it, it's scary to do that because you're literally putting who you are on paper. And then once it's there, like you, like that's you just defined who you are and and it's like there's i feel like there's a lot of pressure to to do that right because that's what you have to commit yourself to for the rest of your life once you said this is who i am but and, and jill's shaking her head right now but that's the thing just get something down because people change you change and don't let it be as intimidating as you think it is just what do you know to be true about yourself what do you believe in um what's the word i'm looking for uh, integrity like I think most of us can. Do you believe in doing what you say you should do? Like you know, following through. Like there's there's gonna be some obvious things that come to your mind. Just get those down, and that's your foundation. And then know that you can change them over time. Yeah, you, you definitely can change them, and and I would encourage you to to really dig deep. So integrity, it's one of my key words. Honestly, for me, integrity is everything. But what does that mean? Right? It's such a general word. How does it exemplify itself? How is it? exhibited in actions and behaviors how will your customers or even your other employees how will they feel that integrity in you what does it look like so i would encourage you to start at a high level choose maybe certain keywords or phrases that are important to you but then go deeper to say what does that look like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? How, how is it going to be exhibited? How is someone going to feel it on the receiving end? Like you have to go to that level, I think, because otherwise you're going to have the same words and as everybody else. And no one's going to just be able to say, oh, I know. I'm sorry. What's your business, Greg? Uh, so my business is called the Jewish Deli. We do uh, New York style bagels and uh, breakfast lunch sandwiches. Love it. Yeah. Um, I need to check you out for sure. Um, I, I moved here from, from New York and I'm Jewish. Okay. So I miss all that good food. <laughs> oh yeah. That's why we do it. We got to get awesome. you on fat belly so you can send your bagels all over the country. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, go ahead, yeah. Sean. So I, I would just, I would encourage you to really figure out why would someone want to come to you then when someone reads that, or are they going to say like, Oh, that's, Oh my God, I just went blank. Jewish, what's it called? Jewish, Jewish deli. deli. Jewish deli. That's, Jewish oh, deli. that's Jewish deli. That's not like, you know, 
Brugger's or something else, right? Like what's going to really define you? Now, granted, there's going to be a lot of overlap, but there should be some things that you really feel like when people walk in, just like I mentioned with, um, with Rudy's or with Mighty Fine Burgers, like you just know there's a certain energy you're going to walk into. There's the physical space, of course, but even with that, if you take the physical space away, so just quick example, uh, I love this, and it's actually in my talk because it's so powerful. When I walked into Mighty Fine, I love the energy. I feel it even when I first walk in, but I see all the smiling, happy employees. I mean, you just can tell. And I get up to the front, and I order, and as I'm looking for my wallet to pay, she says to me, so how you doing today? And I say, um, I'm great, thank you. How are you? And she answers, I'm Mighty Fine. So, okay, it's hokey, but it made me laugh. It made me smile. And I thought, with my background from where I'm coming from, the first thing I thought of, she was educated on what's important for that company to convey to their customers. She was trained on a cute, clever way of responding it, reinforcing their brand while connecting with their people. I love it. Brilliant. Awesome stuff. Uh, Greg, do you, are your answers or your questions answered or should we move to Jason? Yeah, just one follow. Would you ever see, uh, would it make sense to have um, different values? They, they would likely overlap, but different values for how you are engaging customers versus the values that you're using to gauge your employees? Like what you're, what you're you know, presenting to them? Because um, I would think there could potentially be, you know, some values that you want your employees to share with you wouldn't necessarily be ones that you're going to be communicating to a customer. So I'd have to dig deeper to understand exactly what that means. Um, you know, and actually I could do a whole workshop on, on, on right on, or work together on your core values and, and getting that down. But I think in general, they should be pretty similar because I feel that the employees are your first line customer. And so you're going to be treating them the way you want your custom, your employees to treat your customers. Mm. And so it's about how you treat your people in general. So I think from that perspective, a lot of it really does overlap, but it sounds like there's something more specific that you're thinking of that um, I would have to hear more to really understand how to more appropriately answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah no, thank you. Yeah. Mm, sure. Awesome. Um, okay, so I want to make sure we get to Jason's question uh, while he's still here. So, Jason, I'm going to unmute your mic. So I have two questions really quick. Uh, the first one would be, Jill, uh, if you could point me in the direction of a resource, because we, are, we just opened up three weeks ago, and we are also in the process of writing that employee manual. Right now, it's him, me, and one other guy, and we've just been here every day busting our butts. Um, but... Do you know where I could find maybe like a template or uh, some example employee manuals that you would recommend that we could just kind of look off of and go off of that? Oh, I have. I some, wish I did. I really I do. don't. Do you, <laughs> yeah, Eric, other yeah. than Googling? Restaurantowner.com is an incredible resource. Um, Restaurantowner.com? Yeah. Any template yeah. that you're like, I need this template, they probably have it. And um, 
I'm not going to compete with restaurantowner.com when it comes to templates. Like that's their sector. And I'm the guy who knows a guy and Jim lab and his team over there are doing a great job. So yeah, uh, restaurantowner.com. Um, and right. I, I can spend, yeah. I think I got some, some, I'll check on that. I just wanted to, to yeah. see if you maybe had something. I might be able to help you out with a, a special link to get you some kind of discount too. So, Oh, I'm with them already. I'm, I'm already right, cool, connected cool. with them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have an operations manual template. If you haven't looked for it yet, have you looked for okay. it? I haven't looked in. I haven't yeah. looked. I have gotten some other spreadsheets from them, but not that. And honestly, I think if you reach out to you, are you, what state are you in again? In Florida, right? Florida. Yep. So if, if you reach out to your state restaurant association, I'm, sh- I don't know if you're a member with that, but they probably have a template too. And if anybody's listening to this, like one of the things I'd love to do within the network is start to develop a resource center uh, where people just, if they have one, if you have, if you're listening to this and you have a, a, a manual or like a template, share it with us. Um, make sure we know where it came from. So we're not getting in trouble, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I'd love to start that library too. So I'm just super visual. So it's always helpful to have something to compare to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'm very visual as well. And, um, and I would just encourage you with any template that you use, that you make it your own, that you tweak it, that you add it, that you write, you put your personal, especially with operational, uh, operational, uh, manual, you're going to have to make it your own anyway, but, I would encourage you to think about when I hear operational manual, I think of, of SOPs of a functional manual, right? Yeah. But you're just so, probably looking for a checklist of the things you need to make sure you're, you're making sure you're, you're covering all the areas, right? Cause it's not intuitive. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and Greg, you, you, in what you just said, Jill kind of reminded me of what Greg was talking about earlier with the core values. There are so many go out there and just go to like websites of restaurants and operations. You like a lot of them list their core values right there. You can steal them too. If they resonate with you and you agree, that's a good foundation. And then like what Jill said over time, make them your own tweak them to put your brand, your stank on it. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I know for me, as you can probably see what's happened in this conversation, I love working together as a collaborative team and working with others and, and having these conversations collaboratively you brainstorm and one idea triggers another idea, which triggers another idea. And so you've gotten, you know, from A to Z where ordinarily you would just go to A to C, right? So um, look at others, take some of the things that they have, but when you make your own mix of those and then you intersperse ones that you know to be true for who you are, then you've come up with something unique. You're not just copying others. You're not just living into others. You've taken that as a framework and made it your own. No one's reinventing the wheel. Let's face it. Right. It's just putting your own personal stamp and your brand on it. All artists were once thieves or something like that. Like what's that? All artists were once thieves or all artists are thieves. Like you got to steal a little bit of something and make it your own. Right. We all need to be inspired from something. An idea, you know, I come from a design background. I went to to Parsons school of design and something that was, you know, foreign to me in the beginning, but I realized it's, I needed to go to museums. I needed to listen to music. I needed to look to other artists just to give me the language to understand those tools that then you use to create your own, right? You have to know, you can't, sometimes if you don't know the questions to ask, you don't know enough to know the questions to ask, right? So instead, go around, look from others and say, oh, that really resonates with me. So I'm going to take that piece from here. And oh, that that is exactly who we are. I love that part. But the rest of it, not so much. And so I would accumulate all these different pieces. And like an artist, like a musician, like anyone, it is learning and growing with who we are based on our exposure to other ideas and things that 
maybe are not even in alignment. I would, I would suggest you go beyond what may be just in alignment. Look to things that are contrary to your usual thinking and ask yourself, well, why do I see a conflict in that? What is it that's different? And in doing so, I think you come even more honed and more sharply focused on understanding then your position and what it is and why. I love it. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you, Greg and Jason for your questions. And some folks had some comments. Um, and there seems, there seems to be a lot of interest around an educational manual, manual, Jill. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have, uh, that put together yet, or maybe we can collaborate on that for a future workshop. Um, wow. but I hear you guys. And, uh, I just want to say thank you. Go ahead. Jill. Cora has a, I think Cora, oh, Cora is raising her hand. Oh, Cora, I'll come to you real quick. Hi. Awesome. Um, I just had a question on, you know, working with your employees and I'm in the process of setting up all of these processes and training manuals and stuff like that. But, you know, we still have to do business every day and work with our employees every day. And I feel like, uh, when I do a group, uh, meeting, all of it gets lost. Everybody's like, yeah, rah, rah. And then do you suggest usually just working one-on-one with employees first and then as you like reflecting back and like kind of going back to your handbook or do you have a way to more engage that it actually gets followed through with the whole group setting? So when you start out, um, is there any one-on-one or is it just always group? Mm, No, there's one-on-one. Again, going back to like I'm getting in the process of putting all those procedures and like things in place, but um, and realizing that like really taking the time to be specific on a lot more things. Mm -hmm. But um, I just feel like when I'm trying to bring in the core values and everything and like what the business really means should mean to all of us and like pointing out the good things like, everybody's great in that meeting. And then within two days, it's like back to the same way it was. And and that's human nature because there's a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of things going on, which is why I feel that actually those core values need to be uh, taught even before they're working for you. So when you had that first conversation with them, they should already be sensing and feeling what your culture is, what your values are like with, Disney, right? If you have any engagement, any interaction with Disney, you're going to feel Disney's brand every single place. So I would say when starting with that, even before you bring people in so that they already know, and and that also allows you to only hire people who are in in alignment with that. And then 100% there needs to be one-on-one. That person needs to be like they're just not thrown into a big group and that they don't really matter because they're just one part of a group. Make You need to have that. I would suggest you have that one-on-one and um, really get to know them because also how are you going to get to know who they are, what they can contribute to your team if they're just immediately part of a group. So have those one-on-ones. Make sure that they're aware of your values, what they are. You learn what's their values, what's important to them, come to a mutual agreement and a written uh, agreement as well so that you have something to then go back to as accountability. Now, it sounds like the daily huddle would be something that would work beautifully for you because then it's something that's reminding them every single day to stay on task. And it's not something that they hear once and then it's gone. 
And and are they just hearing it, Cora, or are they seeing it play out day to day in their work? So that would be a challenge to your management to make sure that every employee is also feeling and experiencing what it is they're supposed to live up to, that it's also being exhibited to them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I just want to chime in Thank and you. just add on to that. Um, it's a visual. I mean, I was a commercial pilot, so it's a visual that really helps me. But what you're experiencing drift happens to everybody. Like, And that's why we write these things down. That's why we write our vision down, our core value down, because we're going to drift. And those that vision, that core value, the, all those things, those, that's your center line. And it's your, it's your reference point. So when you start to drift, you can get back on center line and, and it's, it's totally natural, but that's why everybody does it. And that's why Danny Myers says constant, gentle pressure. You're going to drift. There's a million different ways to look at it. Your job is just to, to recenter. When you know things are off center, put it back in the center. Uh, and that's why we write these things down. So we have that reference point. Um, and thank you for asking that question because I was talking earlier when I asked about things that we can do to like make sure that these recognition or I think it was engagement, right? Um, weekly huddles or sorry, daily huddles and also like annual reviews is another time to really get to know and engage your people. So doing, taking the time to sit down with every one of your employees, make and blocking time for it, you know, is super critical. Yeah. And maybe not just once a year, once a year is, I was going to say quarterly, but depending on how big your your restaurants are at least like every six months, I think is a good balance probably. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Um, Okay, Jason, I see your hand up. I think we have time for one more. I'm going to unmute your mic. You should be unmuted. Go for it. Okay. Uh, So my last question was, how do you deal with or what what is a a good suggestion for dealing with an employee who perceives that that you are less experienced than them, uh, that you're younger than them, that... You know, I, they might feel belittlement or shame from being in the employee position um, to a boss who they think, you know, hey, I should be in that position. That's a great question. So um, you're asking for the perspective of the customer or just clarify? From Sorry. the perspective of, I guess the suggestion would be, uh, what would you recommend for the owner, for a boss, somebody in my position? We just brought on a chef that has like 15 years experience and this is our first restaurant. You know, we're just kind of giving it a go. We have some experience as front of house employees, but not owners or managers or bosses. So I think that he, he sees that and there's a little bit of disconnect there. Got it. So I would advise um, having conversations, of course, but coming from the perspective of, look, we all, none of us knows everything. Not one of us knows everything. And even if we feel like we've had our hands and we know just enough of across the board, everyone has their areas of expertise. And it's when we merge those together, when we come and work together, not from a level of hierarchy, but we're in this together. We're here for the same goal and same purpose. Then suddenly, hopefully, um, some of that attitude or, you know, everybody, you can't change who someone is, but you can influence how they see themselves as a part of an organization. And I think when you certainly stay strong, show them your confidence, show them you're in charge and that, you are relying on them. That is why you brought him in is to be the chef because that's his area of expertise. But his expertise is back a house. 
and yours is front of house and yours is you're the, you're the owner. You're the one establishing this. And it's not that you're paying his paycheck, although that is important. You're, it's not, I'm not suggesting play that kind of game. Well, I'm paying you and you're going to listen and do what we want. No one wants to be dictated to. When you make them feel they're a part of the bigger picture and that they're a part of the decision making and why your company is going to succeed, your business, your restaurant is going to succeed, then I think maybe some of that attitude can more easily slip away when they recognize, look, we're all leaders in different areas. We all have strengths and weaknesses in different areas. And I hired you for this, but we can use your strengths together with our strengths and others. And when we work together, there's no hierarchy. Everybody really supports each other. I love it. that. Yeah. Get your ego out of the way. And just, I think, you know, yeah. like even I think if, that if you show your vulnerability, and you say, yes, you do have 15 years of experience. You are amazing at this. This is why we hired you. Like if you, if you lower your guard and you get your ego out of the way and say, yes, you do know more than I do about this. Like watch his ego go away too. You know what I mean? Like, but he'll match you. So, so if you do get defensive, you know, then he'll, he'll probably match you there. So monkey see monkey too, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, you know, acknowledgement and just, you know, people want to be appreciated. So sure. you show them that and then, he doesn't have anything to prove. Yeah. You, you, that's why you hired him. You, this, you know, right. he's great. That's right. <laughs> um, Pete, I just saw that you joined us. We're, we're about to wrap up. Uh, hopefully you can join some future conversations. Uh, and I just want to say again, thank you so much to Jill for joining us today and for taking us through your, your three E again, uh, your three E's. Those are educate, engage and entrust. And uh, thank you for answering our questions and you're always welcome back. Uh, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Um, no, you know, if anyone uh, wants to reach out, I, I have a variety of things. There's a, a course actually that I have right now uh, up online. It's through Thinkific. I don't know if I, I don't think I gave you that link, but I will, uh, Eric. And it really kind of encompasses, it'll help you guide, it'll help guide you through establishing some of these systems and really understanding how to connect with your people, how to prioritize what's important. And um, it the course is called Confident Customers Through Customer Experience. Because of everything that's been going on in the pandemic, I kind of expanded what was already there and touch on going beyond the CDC and really um, recognizing that when we put our people first, when we give them that great experience, starting with your employees, then you're going to create competent customers. And we need to reestablish that trust and that confidence at every level, not only from a food safety point of view. Um, so I'd be happy to offer that as well. And it's, it's broader, it's more encompassing. And these three, my, my three E formula really is kind of the foundation, the underlying principles that go into that. Yes. Uh, make sure you guys stick around for the closing thoughts. I will make sure that the link to, um, to tell you where to go to find all these links so you guys can make it nice and easy for you all. And uh, also we should mention that uh, with this workshop today, if you guys head over to restaurant unstoppable network, you're also going to be able to be able to get three bonus features that Jill is so nice to give to us. What are those three bonus features, Jill real quick? So one is your employee churn calculator. So it will, you put in your own numbers and it'll show you in real time what employee turnover costs you the real numbers of what it's costing you. So you can recognize the importance of getting this, these three E's right. Um, 
I the put survey, um, right? a summary, a training summary yep. of the, these three E's. So that'll be something that you can review. And also a document that I created called uh, dealing with review uh, reviews and ratings, um, how to double your five-star Yelp reviews in 10 days because we want our customers to be the ones being our free marketing sales force out there bringing in repeat customers, referrals. And, and so hopefully that'll help as well. And you can reach me, uh, Jill at JillRaff.com. My information's on those documents as well. Um, and I'd be happy to work with you you know, individually to help you along your way. And I hope that this has been helpful. Yes. And I will be getting you a link to join the network, Jill. So Jill will be able to access the network. Hopefully you accept that invitation and hopefully you can connect with her over there as well. So, um, again, thank you, Jill. Thank you for everybody who was able to make today's discussion. Uh, thank you for those bonuses and again, stick around for the closing thoughts. I'll be sure to direct you guys where to go to get everything that was discussed today. Uh, and I guess this is where we say, Jill, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurants Unstoppable. Jill Rath, thanks again for coming on the show and sharing your expertise and your, your mentorship, your wisdom. It was great. Again, those three E's are educate engage and entrust. And I love when I have people on the show who are considered, uh, industry experts, the, the, the best of the best, uh, sharing and repeating lessons that we're, we're getting organically through the show on just, you know, taking care of your people. I think really that that's what today's show was all about. Pretty straightforward. Educate your people, make sure that they're learning, they're growing as a person, uh, engage them, show them that you care, you know, like make, show them that they're a person, show them that you see them, show them that they're loved and then entrust. Um, you know, you can't get trust until you give trust. You can't achieve greatness without giving your, your, your people the room to grow and to, to do what you hired them to do. And I think, I mean, obviously we don't need to unpackage all these right now, but those were my big takeaways. Um, you know, and it's just, I love when what we're learning again, organically on the show comes out and gets reinforced with these workshops. And you guys, if you're enjoying these workshops for a limited time, I think when this episode goes live, they'll still be, this goes live on Thursday, the 29th. You'll still have Friday and Saturday to get into the network for 12 months Free and to be a part of all these conversations and ask your questions. Not only will you have access to the workshop, but you'll or, or all workshops for the next 12 months. You'll have access to shop talks where I get my, my restaurant tour guests back on the show to reflect on their episode and uh, literally connect you with my network of restaurant tours. And I'm making myself available for one hour on Tuesday and Thursday, just to be there for you to, to talk and to help guide you and make decisions and brainstorm me and whoever else decides to show up. Uh, and that just scratches the surface of what you'll get um, when you join the network to be a part of the conversation, to be a part of this mission, to inspire, empower, and transform our industry by sharing knowledge and values. I'm talking way too much right now. You have some calls to action. Um, your call to action today is to check out Jill's course, uh, to go get Jill's course, I should say. Uh, she's hosting it over at Thinkific. Uh, if you go to www.jillraffgroup.think, like the thing, you know, thinking with the thing on your head, Ific, like this is terrific, thinkific.com slash 
collections, you'll find the course listed right there. It's called Confident Customers Through Customer Experience, and that's valued at $997. But because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners and you're in the network, if you, again, you got to be in the network to, to capitalize on these opportunities. If you're in the network, you can get that for $400.97. And there's no kickback coming back to me. I'm paying, I, I want you guys, you know, to, to, to have that savings. And this is my way of saying thank you for joining the network. So again, um, if you head over, actually, you know what? The best thing for you to do is probably to head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 756. I'll link to the landing page where you guys get that course. But here's the thing. You have to enter a promotional code to get that deal. And you have to be in the network to get that code. Uh, again, it pays to be a part of the network. Uh, I'm going to work for you guys, uh, and you will get your money back. I promise that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stop selling it. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.